0: Pale and hearty welcome weary travellers. Now gather round the fire, for you've arrived at just the right moment. We're about to hear from three dungeon masters, each more likely than the last to embellish their tales of bravery and peril. So find a cosy spot, throw your mug to the brim, and prepare to hear tales of heroics as boundless as they are, creatively enhanced. So welcome to the Dungeon Nerds Podcast.
1: Austin.
2: I'm Travis.
1: Welcome to our first episode. Uh, if you are a listener to Super Nerd Podcast, we are going to start doing a uh, probably a monthly Dungeons and Dragons-focused podcast because we are super nerds, and every once in a while we just want to talk D&D. Uh, Travis, who's with me, uh, is a longtime friend of mine. He's actually been on the Super Nerd Podcast from time to time. We're talking way, yeah, way back in the early days. And uh, and Brady, uh, if you're a listener of the Super Nerd Podcast, Brady loves to talk D&D, so he's going to be joining us from time to time when his schedule allows. Amanda, Jekka, they all play D&D, so we, uh, it would not surprise me if this podcast has some, uh, some, some regulars on from time to time. But yeah, we're just here to talk D&D. That's it. Whatever direction this goes. <laughs> so, so Travis, you were telling me that you just finished your first campaign. Is that what you're telling me?
2: Uh, Yeah. So, you know, I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons since I was like, what, 16? So
1: we're looking at almost
2: oh, 25, boy. And six years of we're Dungeons & Dragons.
1: We're going to reveal how old we are. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm okay
2: with that. And... uh. Yeah, uh, and I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I completed Waterdeep Dragon Heist with my first group ever. Uh, nice. Never mind campaign not fall apart or everyone drift away. So, no, no, is it, it, I,
1: it. Is I, this got, you I t- got it. Is this you as a player or as a DM?
2: DM. is also my first time DMing a large group.
1: Nice. So, you
2: know, four, 6 person group. Uh, by the time we ended it, the I only had three original players and I had a total of a five group at the end. Okay. They were the core
1: players through the whole time
2: whole thing. So, they
1: worked. that's that's pretty cool. So, I I have not played uh uh Waterdeep. What was it? Heist? I'm trying to remember. Uh
2: Waterdeep Dragon Heist.
1: Waterdeep yeah. Dragon Heist. I I was actually looking at that book earlier at a comic book store, uh just, you know, flipping through some books. I um I I am oh, I can't say well, all of my, my, some of my, I, I, DM, I DM like two different campaigns right now, and one of those campaigns is for all my kids who is right there. Oh boy, I just dropped my phone. And um, oh boy. Anyways, so we we just got done doing the uh, the Dragon of Ice Spider Peak. The the introductory campaign, but I I homebrewed that pretty crazy because it wasn't uh, it wasn't deep enough for my liking, but we're about ready to get into the tyranny of dragons and uh, and the kiddos don't quite know that, but they probably know that now because I just said it and they're like five feet. (laughs) But I'm 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 homebrewing and (laughs) no, go ahead, go go ahead. We'll work this out
2: yeah yeah in case anybody's wondering uh, i've never been on a podcast before so i'm gonna have to learn patience and in not interrupting people but um uh yeah uh i actually this first time i was like all right i'm not gonna really homebrew anything unless the players really want something so mm. i stayed pretty much on point with the source material did you um i think i'm gonna branch out now but i just really wanted to complete one story arc and uh oh sure okay. i'm just gonna keep patting myself on the back.
1: <laughs> well, yeah i um yeah so, so so you so you mentioned that you started playing d d when you were about 16. Uh, how did you get into d d uh was it was it with me did yeah we start I was trying to, uh, yeah so I,
2: I i know i read some d d books in the library went, i don't know what this is this is cool and i just read it for like yeah. fantasy lore. Uh, I didn't know anybody who played, and I didn't really understand the system. Uh, and then, yeah, so you and me started playing, I think it was second edition Star Wars Roll 20. Uh, and then that's, yeah, yeah the Treylock campaign is basically uh, when I learned how the rules work and that kind <laughs> of stuff. That was a good campaign. That's, that's still legendary. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I basically, I just have played off and on throughout the years, probably one shot here and there kind of deal.
1: Yeah, I, um, so my, my introduction to D&D was through both, uh, Tony Buss and, uh, and Andy Bergstrom, friends of ours that no one listening probably knows who we're talking about. (laughs) But, but what happened was, um, like I had, I had heard of D&D off and on, like when I was really young, like when I was like, I don't know, eight years old, this is back in the eighties. And, um, and that's so why I, I heard of it. Like I knew it was something and I knew it was something that my parents didn't want me to get involved in. <laughs> but that made it all more intriguing, didn't it? And so, so I remember, uh, Tony bus, th- we were, gosh, I don't know. We were, uh, eighth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, however old somebody is back then. And, uh, he had a sleepover. And he, he, he was going to DM a game at this sleepover. And I was so excited, because I've heard of D&D. I wanted to know what D&D was. And, um, and his camp, his little adventure wasn't, it, it, was, it was actually pretty lame. <laughs> he, we didn't really do anything. But, but there was one element. Um, he had us camping out in, on this prairie and uh, it was nighttime, and I was on guard duty, and and my my imagination just blew up. It went, Poof! and I'm thinking, oh my word, I have to keep every everybody's asleep. I'm the only one keeping everybody alive right now. There could be there could be anything on the fields, anything in the forest, and like like, <laughs> I was I was like on the the edge of my seat with excitement. I was like so freaking out and uh and that's that was pretty much it like it was it was funny because i i remember tony like his creativity was tapped out at that point (laughs) he didn't have anything else and then and so so we played that and i and it was a small taste and i wanted more and um and i knew that uh andy and josh they were huge into hero quest and they were kind of doing their own um like they, they they were trying to expand Hero Quest into a D and thing, but we didn't we didn't know any good DMs, and Tony didn't want to DM anymore because he was, uh, like I said, his creativity was tapped out. But uh, Andy found somebody, and me, Andy, Josh, uh, Griffith, and Jason Arono all did a DD and d campaign at this dude's house. I have no idea who this dude was. I don't remember much about it, but it was our it was my first regular D&D game. And we I would say we we probably played it like uh, bi-weekly for I want to say for like eight, nine months. Like we, we put a decent amount of time into and, and and when my when my parents learned that I was getting into D&D and I was asking for D&D books for like Christmas. My parents were like, "No, we can't let him get into D and D. Who knows what it is?" And um, and so my parents, my parents did the smartest thing they could from their perspective because I was a huge Star Wars fan back then. My parents found out that there was a Star Wars role playing game very similar to D and D, and so they got me a bunch of the books for Star Wars D for, for Star Wars role playing game, and I was very happy with that. I was like, "All right, I I, I don't mind doing Star Wars role playing." And so I got huge into Star Wars role playing, um, but but I eventually got back into into D and D because you know you you need some good fantasy with your sci fi, so oh yeah, and then that's oh, when God. we started playing a lot.
2: Yeah, to this day, your Star Wars campaign is the longest I've ever been a player. Because uh, I think we did that for like a
1: year or two. I don't remember how long. Yeah, the I think last we did time. that for about two years. It, it, it. Uh, I remember when you and I were sitting in front of my my uh, my parents' fireplace playing that for the first uh. time. <laughs> You got. You got to get the Just
2: ambience. Go like, oh I, well, my parents won't let me play D anD D because it's evil. So I'll make an evil Sith Star Wars campaign. <laughs> and we'll play by nothing but candlelight and wear all black. Oh yeah, dude. That that uh, that dark it's side. The with the vampire uh, soundtrack on
1: <laughs> We did that. Oh my word, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I did a, uh, I did a Star Wars Sith campaign. Like, we're talking, like, uh, you know, Knights of the Old Republic era. But before, this is before Knights of the Old Republic came out, really. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, uh, yeah, no, for everyone listening, uh, you, you, don't understand how far he took this. There was an intro. There was props. We had to, like, bow and revere him as the DM of the Sith Lord walked into the room. And uh, honestly, it, it, you, if you're Hilaire, you're just like, "Wow, that sounds really dumb." It totally set the mood. Uh, okay. but he, by the time the intro was done, and he sat down and started like doing a recap, we're all just like, "I'm gonna murder everything."
1: <laughs> to like, in evil force powers. Let's go. No, no, no. I, I, re- I remember. Do you remember what we said? I remember what we yeah, said. No, I don't remember. The, I don't remember the saying Okay. The oh, word. Okay. Word. okay. <laughs> all right. So yes. So 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 we would have it'd be it'd be like a dark room. We'd have candles lit. I would be in a black robe, like we're talking, like Emperor Palpatine robe, and I would hold this Sith holocron that I made. I would hold oh, it in yeah. one. I would hold it in one hand, and I and remind me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe in the other hand, I would hold an upside down sword. I can't remember if I did or not. Uh,
2: I I, I can't don't, remember uh, if you're using my old like uh, scorpion dagger or not, but yeah, you have like a. Yeah, something some along those lines. You had a
1: dagger. I remember I remember holding the, the Sith Holocron. And yeah, we would have like this little this little silly ritual to kind of get us all in the mood for playing Dark Side Star Wars. And, and and we would get together and we would say this. All of us around the table, we would say All hope lies in the dark. Oh. Do you- <laughs> You remember that? Uh,
2: yeah, no. I just the second you said the words, I just heard everyone in the room and head <laughs> say it.
1: Uh, so, we, so we would play some hardcore Star Wars role playing Sith campaign, and um, and 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 then and then, you know, I started getting back into D and D specifically. I think with uh, right at right at the transition from D and D third edition to three point five. Back, back when Andy, Josh, uh, Tony, and everybody were playing, we were playing A, D, and D. And that's how we got into it. And, and it, Yeah. yeah. It, it's too bad Brady isn't here. Brady... Because Brady was... Brady was in his teens during the the Satanic Panic era of D and D, and he's got all sorts of really funny, crazy, like ultra crazy stories about him and his uh, his neighbors, his family, his pastors, all sorts of people like going crazy on him with with D and D. So we'll have to get him to tell some stories in the future. It's it's some funny stuff. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So 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 I'm curious. Okay. So going back to your your dragon heist. Uh, campaign, uh, what, what, what surprised you about it? Or, or what did you learn from your first, uh, time DMing? That it
2: was easier than I thought. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's not easy, easy. I mean, especially since I said I was following the book, uh, if I was creating a world from scratch, then I would, uh, be more than happy to, oh, put my yeah. mouth over that. Um, but just playing around in Faerun in general, I, I enjoy, um, I'm trying, the only thing I'm trying to work on right now that's homebrew is since Neverwinter is kind of the property of video game MMOs and they don't want to really do a lot with that. Uh, I'm trying to do a, like a fifth edition story arc for Neverwinter. Post- okay. Open cataclysm kind of deal. Because <clears throat> um, I just want to kind of want, that's going to be my playground for uh, homebrewing something. That's um, cool. But past that, uh, yeah, I was running two groups. Of six people doing the same campaign because uh, i had it was the first book i bought for fifth edition so that's sure. all i had players handbook. and um the first group messed up so bad uh that they that group basically fell apart because i was like you can't win this you you literally just you, you did you did something i can't like fix You completely ignored the fact that, uh, I don't want to do spoilers for anybody who actually plays this, but, like, the guy had the thing you're all after, and then instead of, like, you know, getting the guards or going back and telling your group, and I would have let that happen, you decided to go to sleep. (laughs) I can't rationalize your decision in any way where you didn't just mess this up, so now you all have to go fight the big boss at level 2. And, uh... Big boss is level six, and it's a dungeon, and you're not going to make it. So, like, what do you guys want to do next? <laughs> yeah. And then the group play. And I don't feel like that was my fault, uh, but I probably could have done something better. But I was kind. Everyone in the group was angry at that guy. So, um, the thing I learned the most, though, six player groups are hard to do. Four is way better. Um, the other group was only four people. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> six and, would be kind of um, hard.
1: Especially for yeah. a brand, brand yeah. new DM.
2: Yeah. And all and also, everyone's brand new players, except for one guy. One guy mm-hmm. has experience playing second edition, and he yeah. hasn't played since. So he, oh, he wow. never played third, fourth, or fifth. Um, so he's the only person that's kind of, like, got to
1: grasp what's going on. So, so real quick, when, when you say he played second edition, like like, he hasn't played since second edition? Or he's been playing second edition this entire time? Maybe a combination of both. Okay, okay. Um,
2: if he's played since then, he's just been using his second edition books that, that he has. Um, uh, but he, he hasn't played in a long time you I remember he told me that. And then, yeah, so, no, the other group was fun. We ended up going out of water deep and I took him on a couple of ventures, and then that group didn't survive, uh, COVID deal. Uh, uh they bummer. Just, everybody drifted their part, and that was just the end of it. I don't even yeah. have those phone numbers anymore at that point. <clears throat> um... Yeah. Do, uh, it
1: People, though. I you know, gotta you, have those downtime moments of
2: yeah. like, the player to choose what they want to do.
1: Yeah. No, otherwise, it feels like a railroad. I, yeah. uh, I, I have to be very cognizant of that because I've been, uh, uh, accused of railroading too, too often. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my. I, I've been. I've been consistently DMing or GMing, depending on what system I'm doing, like for, for I don't know twenty five ish years, um, and and so I would say my, my skills at DMing has definitely improved, and, and I, I don't railroad at nearly as much, um, and and the biggest thing for me, <clears throat> I think, is you know I I used to think in my head, okay, this is what's happening in the world, and it's happening at this location. I need to get to the players to this location and i've 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 changed it to more of players can go wherever they want to go and i'll just adapt what's happening in the world to wherever they're at and so so the players have a lot more freedom to go and do whatever they want it's just the world is still happening around them uh and i don't i don't necessarily have to place it to an exact location anymore um
2: Yeah, the, the end goal is in the water temple. Blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, your players are hell bent on going to a volcano. All right, well now it's a fire <laughs> temple, and it's got the same layout with the same yeah.
1: people. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's similar things happening, and so, um, and so so that that's what that's what happens in some of my homebrew stuff is uh, is I, I I change it up uh, to fit what the players want, and I and I and I do use. The source material, like like you said, you pretty much used Water Deep Dragon Heist uh, as is. Um, I, you know, it's funny when, when I, okay, so, so so we've been we've been we've been talking about how we got into uh, D D. So so I did take a good break in uh, a time. I, I wasn't really playing consistently with, with anybody because you know life happens. I've got a family, kids, and responsibilities. And it's funny because I, um, back in COVID. So this is three years ago, my my oldest uh, or my my kids were still pretty young. They were like eight, eight, nine ish years old. And and I and I was thinking to myself, okay, well, I want to get back into RPGing um, more consistently. I'm going to create my own RPG system that's simpler than D&D, like really, really simple. So that way my kids could grasp it and I could play at like, you know, like a, a six year old and nine year old level. And, and we played a few games, but I could tell role playing was still just a little beyond them. And so one, one thing I actually did is I actually, uh, instead of doing bedtime stories, instead of doing bedtime stories, I would actually do like choose your own adventure stories. And I'd have, uh, I, I would do a, a, a campaign of sorts with my kids as bedtime stories. And they wouldn't know it. And, and they were almost always Star Wars ones. Uh, but, but after, um, <clears throat> after, uh, I, I'm trying to remember one one of my kids got dragons of ice spider peak and I decided, all right, it's time to get back into D D like big time. And so, so that's why we started playing that one. And, uh, and the kids are now old enough, uh, and they understand what's going on. And, uh, and we played for like a good solid two years on that. All right, looks like Brady's gonna be coming in. Yes, come on in. He just hey. take. Yes, come on in, in. <laughs> Not it. Yes, come on it. So we're gonna have to hear how Brady got into D and D-, D and hear some of the satanic panic stories. So they're pretty funny. Um, but the, uh, but we got my kids into it, and and I love playing with people for the first time, and um, and and really really showing people what what role playing is all about, and. Uh, and, and I got to do that with you a little bit. It sounds like, I got to do yeah. that with Chris Lineberry. I remember Chris Limeberry's first uh, Star Wars role-playing game. He's standing in front of Jabba the Hut. He's a bounty hunter, and Jabba, uh is like accusing Chris of something. And, and, and in typical Chris fashion, he's like, he's like, uh, so, uh, so I can go. You know, he's trying to he's trying to get out of being like yelled at and, and you know trying to get out from getting in trouble with Jabba. Uh, and so, yeah. so, Chris, so, I got to. Chris sh- should never
2: play anything that's not a
1: bard. Uh, uh, oh yeah, whoever
2: the, the mouth is, that that's should play. yeah.
1: Chris Lime. So we're talking about Chris Limeberry. He he was on the Super Nerd podcast uh, as well, doing some of the superhero smackdowns from time to time. Um, yeah, funny funny stuff. So 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 I've been. Uh, super huge into D&D um, for probably about the last th- three years, not counting everything I did before then, but... but, but, So you were playing d d right before this podcast, right?
2: Uh, I was playing... What is that game called? Idle Champions, which honestly is not so idle. I can sit on that
1: thing for like three <laughs> hours before I'm like,
2: okay, uh, I'm going to go play something more
1: interactive. Funny, funny. Um... i I was playing DD earlier so um so my 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 two oldest kids uh are now old enough they understand how to play D &D. and uh my two youngest because they watch from time to time they they have a better grasp of how this works and so my two youngest i also play DD with um and they're uh, six and eight years old and they do some weird crazy things um they're both fairies uh, and because, uh, you know, that's what a six and eight year old girl want to be. I want to be a fairy. I'm be-. OK, you can be, you can be fairies. correct? And And I give You're them princess. Yeah, exactly. I give them I give them simple, simple tasks like, all right, go here, get this thing and bring it back. You know, it's just stuff like that. You know, Not, nothing, nothing too, too complex. But they do f- weird, funny things. So so one is one is a bard. And all she wants to do is be, basically be a pop star in every tavern she goes to. And so, so half of, half of the thing is her actually jumping up and down and singing and trying to get the entire tavern to dance. And she'll be like, "You in the crowd, get up here with me!" And I'm like, you know, I'm having to roll persuasion and things like that, you know. And then, and then, and then the other one, the other one's a fairy. And this fairy is carrying a battle axe, a war hammer, two hand axes a long bow and a quiver of 20 arrows. And so she's like, she's like a walking, flying tank. But what's so funny is because she's only six years old, she's scared of everything. And so the very, (laughs) the very first, uh, uh, adventure they did, they had to, like I said, they had to go to this place, get something and come on back. And, uh, and so she, um, she gets, um, she gets, uh, to this goblin hole. So, hey, Brady, how are you doing, man?
0: I'm just doing dandy. Sorry about being late.
1: No, no, you're cool. So I'm I'm talking about doing some uh, role playing with my uh, with my uh, six year old and eight year old. And so so they're both fairies. One of them is like a a flying tank with like six different weapons on them. And uh, the uh they get to a goblin hole, and and I'm like. The goblin hole's in front of you. What are you guys going to do? That's where it is. You guys need to go in there. What are you going to do? The, my, my 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 little flying tank, she's so nervous and she's scared. She's like, I'm not going in there. I'm just going to hang out by the door. And, uh, and if anybody comes out, I'll bonk them on the head. And I'm like, all right, you, you can do it. And then the other one, who's a bard, she's like, I'm just going to put a disguise in. And I'm just going to go walk on in and be like, hey, where is such and such, you know? And so she she walks on in, and her she rolls really high for her disguise, and the and the uh, the goblins roll really low. So they all think she's a goblin, and they're all having a good old time and just hanging out. And then she eventually leads them out, and then that's when the uh, that's when the the flying tank is supposed to bonk them on the head. But she's too scared to act, and so she just lets them all walk by. And then after about like you know they're like fifty feet down the road, she's like. I'm like, all right, they're all gone. You, nobody's in there. You you can go on in. And she's still too scared to go into the goblin. Really? <laughs> so it, anyways, long story short. So, but but one of the other funny things was the, the thing they're supposed to get, they're supposed to get this little crystal that sits in this tree. If they if the if the crystal is out of the tree too long, then the forest will fall into chaos. And so you have to picture this little six year old. She's like, she's she's like, Arwen! Arwen, if we don't get if we don't get the crystal, the entire forest will fall, will go cray cray. And I'm like, what in the world? I've never heard that slang term before. She's like, yeah, it means crazy. They're all going to go cray cray.
2: <laughs>
1: so that's the experience of Yeah, that's the experience of playing with my kiddos, so so Brady, we've been talking about how we got into D and D, and I was telling Travis that you've got some crazy uh, satanic panic stories from from the day. <laughs> oh, we can't hear you. Nope, we heard you earlier. No, can't hear you. Technical difficulties. All right, he's gonna figure it out. So. So anyway, so I. Uh, I'm playing uh, with all my kids and some some of the some neighbor kids and all every single one of them is a brand new player. And I like I like introducing them. And then um, I found out that my (coughs) my niece, my dog saw something. Maybe it's that crazy person again. My (coughs) my niece, her husband, uh, who's about 25, He's always wanted to play D and D, and he's just never found anybody else to to play it with. And I'm like, "All right, man, me and you, we're gonna start something up. Start inviting some friends, and uh, we'll get something going." So, anyways, Ravenloft is fun. Have you played that one?
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, just a little bit. Uh, start Strahd. taking the, group in the back. And then they just got... Yeah, Curse of Strahd. They were just going, like, where's the dragons and orcs at? And I was like, alright, we weren't ready for this.
1: <laughs> They'll go back,
2: because I want them to go through that castle.
1: Uh, I uh, I haven't played Curse of Strahd. Oh, uh, well, actually, no, I take that back. I, I have played Curse of Strahd as a player. I... Uh... No, you can rejoin, Brady. Give it a shot. Um, the... The session zero do you know what i'm talking about session oh, yeah. zero where i uh, i found I've, I've learned that that's really really important um because we, we tried doing a uh, uh curse of stride campaign and we and the guy who was dming it he put a post out there hey i want to do a, a curse of stride campaign for a bunch of forever dms who never get a chance to play and i'm like oh, okay yeah i'll, I'll join because I, I i never get a chance to play i'm always dming and um me me and uh three other dms were all in this game and uh we all kind of had different ideas on what we wanted to do and, and it just didn't work out <laughs> because we we didn't have a session zero we didn't get on the same page it was just like all right so anyway yeah. no. Uh, I mean, I had
2: session zero at the beginning, just so I could explain to everybody else. It's like, okay, we're gonna do Waterdeep. Yeah. This is what's gonna be like. Uh, I want to go buy the book, so like, you know, I know everyone's gonna have character arcs and things you want to do. Uh, yeah, just do that after this. Fortunately, it took like two, almost three years to get through everything. But uh, so now, yeah, so now we're gonna have a session zero, I think, next weekend. No, wait, that's the holidays. Next month, probably. Okay. Uh, and I really just want to know is this, like you know what do you what is, what is your character arc? How many of these character arcs can I like link together in order to not run like five different campaigns? Yeah. Um, you know like what is it like what are th- some things you want? Like I know one guy lost his eye because he rolled really terribly on something. So now he wants a magical crystal eye that does different spells because he's a barbarian and I'm like, that's gonna be expensive, but we could do that because that's cool. Sure. Is
0: that uh, Curse of Strahd? Can you guys hear me now?
2: I can
1: hear you, buddy.
0: Hey, Travis, how's it going?
1: Good, how you doing?
0: (laughs) All right. I'm Brady, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is their first time meeting each other, even though they've both been on the podcast at different times.
0: I have never played Curse of Strahd. I hear good things about it. Most of the stuff I've played in throughout my D&D career has been um, homebrew. It's mostly been homebrew. Um, But yeah, the... uh, um you were asking about getting started in the satanic panic stuff so i'm 50. i just turned 50 right so born in 73 that that satanic panic thing is right in my wheelhouse and uh yeah i i started playing with basic d and expert um back to the blue book and the red books um and then really advanced dungeons and dragons in second edition was kind of my wheelhouse. Those were my D&D glory days. And then I took off a bunch of gears to be delinquent. Uh, to, <laughs> <laughs> to be an adult. Yeah. And then, you know, as the boys got older, they expressed interest in it. So I started to relearn. And 5e is a ton easier. But there's a learning curve if you're not in that same mindset. Like, I was looking for Thacko. I was like, where's the Thacko? How do you <laughs> armor class what armor class 16 is good what is that i like negative seven is good i don't know about you know so <laughs> yeah. yeah there are a lot of adjustments to make but um <clears throat> yeah so satanic panic we had uh i remember uh, because i grew up in a small town and i'm not sure where you're at travis where are you at are you in, in, iowa. in iowa okay you're in iowa all right i'm in uh texas yeah. There's a little town called canton texas and that's where i grew up and when i grew up there it was a population of a little less than 2900 so uh and i lived outside of that so um so yeah it was a really small area and you know satanic panic bit hard there and the uh i remember because i played and i was the devil worshiper i had this sheriff <laughs> the sheriff of our county call my house i was i was probably 16 15 16 he's like where are you going tonight? Uh, I'm just going to go up to Bennett, shoot some bull and have some burgers. I heard she's going to kill some
1: people tonight. No, I'm not
0: going to kill anybody. I haven't
1: been at it. And this is the sheriff saying this.
0: No, yeah, it's the sheriff of the county. Where did where did he
1: get this information?
0: I a rumor mill. If you've oh, ever lived word. in a really small... And it was just like, you know, so there was that. And then... Um, (laughs) I remember I was asked by a friend of ours who was a pastor at a local uh, Baptist church. And they were like, hey, you play D&D. I was like, yeah, I play D&D. He's like, can you bring some of your stuff so we can show it? I'm like, sure, I'll bring it. Whatever. I'm like, I don't know. At the time I was like probably 12 or whatever. And so I bring it down there. And they start preaching about the evils of D&D. And I'm like, it's just a game, right? That's what I'm thinking. But I'm also a little kid. I'm not going to counter the pastor right in this room full of kids but he's like after it was over he walks over his side and he's like well <coughs> show me how it works I was like yeah I <laughs> said you roll your um, you roll your stats um, and I said you know the highest you can have is at 18 the way we do it is we'll roll four of these six sided dice and we'll take the top yeah, yeah. three and I roll it and I not using a bad word here I kid you not 666 six, six came up on three <laughs> And I was like, "That's beautiful. See, that's perfect." And then in my head, I'm like, "Oh,
1: man. <laughs> the pa- Was it you that rolled it, or did the, the, the pastor roll six sixes? Six? No, I
0: rolled. I was like, "No," oh, and I rolled it, and three sixes came up, and I was just like, "Oh man!" So yeah, Satanic Panic was it. back then. You know, D and D was it was a spreadsheet game. It really was. There was a lot less emphasis. When like, I'm not sure when you started playing, Travis, but I know at least through two e to me, after experiencing 5 and then 2 and comparing, it seems like 5e is much more much more role-playing centric than than the older oh, versions. The yeah. older version it was, I mean, it was, I mean, still, you know, you have min-maxers that play whatever, but it was a simplified, but it was still a spreadsheet game, and things were so different. You know, thieves, they had, you know, everything was a percentage, pickpockets, hiding shadows, all that stuff, but um, it was it, there was less emphasis on the role play and I, and I always use it I, I say always I, I use that as an illustration for the boys because I told them you know um, culturally acceptable or uh, trendy sometimes nerds play D&D right but when you played d d back in that day you were a nerd I mean yeah. you, you had to be good at math and I mean it was like <laughs> it was it was it was it was truly the the nerd sphere back then. I, I tell my kids, and it's not that far from the truth, minus the supernatural stuff. My childhood, like if you watch Stranger Things, that's pretty much what my childhood was. <laughs> you know, running around on bikes, playing D and D, out in the woods, and building forts and stuff. And uh, yeah, you, you really had to kind of be Will um,
2: to play D and D. So. Yeah, I started uh, third edition, probably 3.5 to exact. And uh, even just then, I mean, I definitely know it's different. I've read 2nd Edition uh, rules just enough to know, like, this is definitely... something changed. Um, And I've converted a couple of the things to 5th Edition. Not that that's super hard. You just kind of go like, oh, a goblin. Okay, what's the 5th Edition goblin? I'm more after the math than anything else. Uh,
1: There
0: there there's some good conversions out there of old 1st Edition stuff.
1: Did I mean... Fifth edition really just seems like a uh, a, a more a more uh, souped up version of th- third edition three point five. Like it's it's a, cause I know fourth edition was very uh, tactical Warhammer esque because uh, they were trying to capture that whole uh, that whole side of the market since everybody was like oh Warhammer Warhammer back at the time. But it seems I don't like know. all I ever heard was fourth, fourth edition was broken.
2: I've never played Fourth Edition. Yeah, uh, that's well, when I was on
1: it, the Yeah, yeah. So. I, I skipped Fourth Edition too. from From what I've from what I've read and heard about Fourth Edition, it was it was basically just a Warhammer game. Um, so well,
0: Dungeons and Dragons started as that. Yeah, you no, know, it did. Yeah, bef- even even before Chainmail, it was Dungeons and Dragons, a miniature or a rule set for playing miniature fans or something like that. Yeah, you know, it was Panther. pamphlet. Yep. But yeah, I was talking about some of the first edition stuff. There's Isle of Dread there, oh, and uh, Temple of Elemental Evil. I picked those up. That um,
2: I've always wanted to play. Yeah,
0: so I picked those up. But yeah, first edition
2: stuff. Some of it translates. The Temple of Elemental Evil. Um, oh, I just based his name. I actually, uh, like, I randomly worked with a guy who wrote uh, second edition campaigns that were published. No um, way. just picked his name. Yeah, we actually played one in one of my groups. It's just a one-shot because I just thought that was so awesome.
1: Dude, heck yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, me and did- him, he sat me down for like an hour lunch and he went, tell me about 5th f- edition because he, he, he didn't want to change because, you know, he wrote
1: books. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Cool. How did he? How did he get involved in it? Did he meet Gary Gygax and all that stuff? You know, important
2: questions I probably should have asked him instead of just being like, you're a celebrity. This is awesome. That's yeah, funny. That's,
0: uh, Dad, do you, now, Travis, do you, done, do you DM for the most part? Or are you a player and a DM?
2: Uh, uh, I'm a player in one game right now uh, that's going pretty well. So uh, I'm both. Um, I've been DMing not that long, as long as I, well, I'll recap for you. Uh, so started playing in high school-ish. Uh, started with Star Wars with Austin. And then uh, basically, <laughs> I've just been on and off games throughout the years, because no group would ever like stay together or actually commit to a schedule, uh, until about three years ago when I started a group uh, doing Waterdeep Dragon Heist in fifth edition. And then now I own all of the books, and I just do all the DMing. Um, and I'm it. so I'm DMing three campaigns and playing in one.
0: Wow. So, what do you do in your spare time? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that takes time. Regretting up not your spare time as a DM as I could because I should
2: probably drop one of those games. Yeah. So,
0: are these games, and Austin, please forgive me, I, uh, but are these games all, are you guys playing virtual tabletop? Are you playing in person? How are you working it out?
2: Uh, one's in person, the rest are all virtual. Okay. Um, everybody's in different states. So, hmm basically just went all right commit the one sunday a month and then we'll just reschedule as life happens yeah Uh, but that we we can just keep the cadence and the group doesn't fall apart uh Mm -hmm. that's worked out pretty well yeah my barrier i love to dm um Mm -hmm.
0: my barrier to success on that is the virtual tabletop right now um i never dm'd over a vpt and now i play in a game um i'm playing a grave domain cleric um in a game that um we use forge and D and beyond and link those two up, you know, so we do that, but actually getting in and configuring everything. That's been my, my barrier because I, I haven't really had the time resource to get in and, and, and devote. Okay. How do I draw these walls? How do I present these? How do I organize that? I would love to do that. And I was going to do it. I had some stuff come up and it wasn't able to, I was going to do it for the, for the super nerd podcast. Um, but I had some stuff come up. I would still like to do it at some point. Um, but yeah, I, I have not done any DMing online. I
2: I tried Roll20 a while ago. And, uh, you know, there's like that hardcore stereotype D&D nerd that really is just like the one on V that everyone makes fun of. And like there was always one in the three groups I tried on Roll20. Uh, And this is not downing on roll 20. This is downing on my luck. And uh, it was just caustic. And I was just like, I gotta go. Uh, I was just like, I I can hear you breathing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But otherwise, like the roll 20 itself using maps and tokens and everything like that. I actually uh, I get why people build these elaborate tables with screens in them. Uh, Mm. I even use the screens myself. Uh, Lately, I've, I've. dropped that just because of doing theater of mind with everybody because everybody's got more experience but at the beginning they, they didn't grasp how it works so I definitely needed grids and like oh really stuff yeah so now I just throw down tiles during combat and everybody's got miniatures that they move around
1: you know I I, I got huge into miniatures uh, just a couple years ago uh, prior to then all I did was theater of the mind and you know I think there's there's pros and cons to miniatures I think I still prefer theater of the mind, but I still use miniatures because I because I like adding a, uh, a strategic element to the battles that you can't really do in just theater of the mind. Um, but but I, I, I try to tell people, OK, don't get swallowed up in the checkerboard, uh, the chessboard. I want I want you thinking about this cinematically in your imagination. I, I, I want that. That is where the game is this is just helping us keep track of the pieces um so so i don't i don't i don't use too many um uh terrain features like like brady i know you're working on terrain stuff and, and 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 i do think it's cool and and i probably will use some even in the near future but i don't want it i like i see some dm games where like you know it's obviously like they spent like you know like good like three thousand dollars on terrain stuff for their tables but but then it like I, I say to myself, like, yeah, but how much? How much is the players just looking at the table versus letting their imagination just go? And and that's where I like to play D anD D. Is I want the imagination to go. So so I have to. So, so so I'm I'm constantly struggling with a theater of the mind versus miniature outlet. Uh, you know, how, which way to go? So
2: I I'd, I'd have to say that comes with player experience. Uh, like my group was brand new, and. Uh, you know, I had to use miniatures. There's no other way around it. They just weren't grasping the combat system without it, hmm. and that's not down on them. You know, they've never played. Some of them have never even played like RPG video games. They just don't understand stats. Wow. Style. Um, and so, but like after the last few years, now I can do theater of mine. They can just do a quick combat, so I don't have to. You know, I don't have to pull out a miniature board just for two characters fighting two other things. Like, they've, they've got it. Like, they know, like, okay, so how far is it from me? About 15 feet. Is he behind cover? Yeah, he's behind me. He's got half cover. Okay, so that means I'll have disadvantage. And I'm like, okay, they got it. Okay. They've, they've got the system down now. Um, and so I've just been ramping it up more and more. Uh, having whole table of miniatures would be cool. Um, definitely. Uh, but i also... I, li- I like having my money for other things, and that's why I actually <laughs>
0: want Oh yeah, yeah. We, we never used miniatures when I was younger playing. In fact, we didn't use miniatures. It was all theater of the mind up until I started playing on a VTT. Um, we would occasionally get miniatures and paint them, but we never used them, you know, because we just didn't, right? And I've started building some terrain now, just i'll tell you i've done it primarily as as a creative outlet because it's something i can do with my hands it's not staring at a screen i can put on a podcast just sit down and start working on it and i find i'm really enjoying it so i plan on using these in some in-person games even if i just give it to the boys for them to play with their friends like I know I've shown Austin this, but here's that mm-hmm. first cottage that I made. Um, let me get a scale.
1: Yeah, so, so you made that out of what, styrofoam, or? Yeah,
0: and you guys would be okay. So here's a miniature for scale. I'm trying nice. to find out. So, yeah. So I made this out of, and you'd be surprised at how affordable some of this stuff is. Like this is XPS foam. It's a few bucks for a sheet. Um, I've got some tile grout in here. Now this came out much darker than I wanted it to. But tile grout. This is more XPS foam all the bricks are this is a ritz cracker box on the roof you know <laughs> that i just painted cut and painted um this is all uh xps foam all of these you know and I'm, i have several different sizes you get that at hobby lobby, lobby or, or where do you get it at these are uh no you get the xps foam at like uh um home depot huh. you know, or lowe's or whatever i got some dungeon stackers i i follow and I know a lot of people, if they're listening to this, probably know Black Magic Craft, but he had a really good idea for some dungeon stackers. So these stairs, I have two- and three-step versions of these. But you can use them, you know, to get places, but you can also turn them and stack ah. them in different ways and, you know, different variations. You know, I've made some pillars and stuff that are Dang, man. all... You know, this is all um, XPS Rome. But what I've found lately are... And, and when I say this stuff's pretty affordable, I have a rack of paint over there. And for terrain, you don't have to worry about buying Citadel or Clay or any of <laughs> that stuff. You go spend 98 cents at Walmart for their craft paint. And it. I mean, that's all this stuff is. And You know, like popsicle sticks. I made like a cart. I haven't stained or painted it yet or anything. I made that one. made another one that I'm going to put like a tarp over. That's cool. I got some... For like two bucks, I found some barrels, you know, like a notice board, you know, where things would be posted. Man, you've you know, been uh, hard at work internet. since you showed
1: me uh, that that one uh, uh, house that you did.
0: I've been working on an altar, so I'm gonna. Uh, take there this. you go. That's just more foam I've cut and glued together. So I'll show you this when I'm done with it. But you know, you just get it, You get some foil and roll it on there to give it a texture, and then paint it up. I'm gonna put, I want to put some trim around it, but. Um, but yeah, I found it very... Even if I never use it, it's very hard to build, you know?
2: Hey, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I, I heard
1: It's so funny that you bring up never use it. Um, I, I can't remember where I heard this. I heard, I heard this like within the last week. You know you're a true DM when 90% of the stuff you own you never use. I'm a true DM
2: then. Uh, I've got, I think... At one point in time, I had all of the books. I have far fallen behind since since D&D Beyond has been putting out a book about every month at this point. I'm definitely far behind. Uh, But, yeah, I don't even think I've cracked half of them open. And then I was just like, oh, man, uh, I don't have the patience to create miniatures. So I cheated and spent all my money on board games that have miniatures. So I've got, like, Hero Quest and all the Mm D&D games and uh, so I just paint those, and those are what I use. Too.
1: Can you uh, can you show me some of the, the miniatures that you painted from the, the D&D games? I'm just curious as to what they look like. Yeah, I have
2: not painted a lot, but I'll have to
1: go get them. I'll
0: be back. Okay, doing good. Goodness, I've got a couple of miniatures here yeah. that I was working on. I bought some of the speed paints. Ooh.
1: Um, wait. Well, wait. I got them for Father's Day. Let, let, let me was... see these speed paints.
0: Well, they're just... It's kind of like a wash and a paint together. Yes, um, yes. I so,
1: i have not used speed paints, and I—I I, takes me forever. I'm way meticulous. What I have found is that... Uh, you need some more so light. Listen, it's,
0: yeah, here, let me do this. It's a little, um, a
1: little dark.
0: What I have found is that with the speed paints, in my experience, they work really well on the... Oh, that's too much light. Um they work really well on detailed miniatures. Oh, dude. Oh, um, that's funny. I know exactly so, what
1: figure that is, too. Yeah. So they uh. work.
0: Yeah. The sword's broken. But they work really well on detailed miniatures. But when I use them on some of the, like, I bought a pack of 60 something miniatures mm-hmm. for 25 bucks or something like Townspeople. Yeah. You can, it's so hard to tell here. The difference is that. Um, yeah. This is a little easier. See, yeah. the regular paints look a lot better on those smooth surfaces uh-huh. than the speed paints. The speed paints look really muted and kind of
1: drab. How do you do detailing with speed paint, though? Because, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I understand speed paint, it, it gets in the cracks, so that way it kind of does the wash and the paint at the same time, but do you just go back in and you, you you catch the highlights or something?
0: Well, it depends on how much of a perfectionist you are. You know, if you <laughs> want to go back to dry brush, you can... But you know, that's me. <laughs> primarily, I, look, I'm not trying to win a contest. I'm trying to get functional. So, you know, I might if I'm if I find a miniature I really want to. But really, I just want some highlights and shadows, and the speed paints kind of take care of that um, for you to a certain extent.
1: How 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 much uh, how long does it take you to paint a mini with the speed paint? Oh.
0: If, if you're letting it dry between, I mean, you know, if you don't count the drying time between layers, not long. I mean, it, it can be as detailed as you want. You know, you could paint one in 20
1: minutes, right? Oh, I mean, really? Yeah, dude, I, not, that, that same mini, that same mini, I'm spending like, gosh, I'm spending like six hours on it because
0: I'm not going in and I, painting the buckets. I'm not painting the individual what,
1: buttons. That's what I do though. That's, that's what, what I do. And yeah. it, it annoys me. Like I I can't I can't stop. And I keep I keep telling myself, I I need to speed this up, and I don't.
0: <laughs> There's a point of diminishing return where it stops being fun and it starts feeling I, like that. And when I reach that, that's when I stop. If it's good enough to play, I'm okay with that, you know? So
2: yeah, so I have some uh, this is probably going to expire me to paint more cause uh, I've been slacking, I guess. Yeah. i uh, so I'm trying to hold it up to the camera, I'm not sure how well it's gonna work. So oh, yeah. the very yeah. first one I ever painted. Yeah. And nice. uh, you know, and I used I use the you know, the bone white paint. Is the, like, oh, uh,
1: like, is the ske- white. does the skeleton have like inverted hoof legs or something? He's standing on a rock,
2: but it's supposed to be on his, like, toes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see, I were, see yeah. it now.
1: I see it now, yeah.
2: Yeah, so then... So I painted a few of these. So then I got a ghoul. I think a friend did this one, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, I'll show I you know the difference. There's a rivet in And then uh, just a standard oh, gargoyle. Nice. That's nice. It, yeah, it's that's got good. ruby eyes, but you can't really tell too well. So oh. then I was just like, all right. So I like these, but I, I feel like... You know, I, I want to look a little crisper. So then I started getting on YouTube and being like, all right. So like, I have wash, like dirt wash, bones, like things like that. Yeah. So I'm kind of, like how does it? So then I got my second one. Ooh, yeah, kind of, yep, oh, yep, yeah. I can really and see it. Dirty old bones, stuff like that. You know. Then I got like the ghoul has the green and everything. Yeah. Hair looks dirty. And then the one I'm so far the most proud of is uh, thats my oh, second. Oh yeah, I can oh, see—I can wow. see the
1: detail. Yeah, the detail is really good on that one. That's yeah, really. Good. That's what, nice. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: What type of paints are you using? Are you using like, all right, Citadel I'll, Vallejo? I'll, I'll be right back.
1: I'm gonna go get—I'm gonna go get some mine.
2: We'll hold the four down. <laughs> yeah. So I bought—I uh, don't—I just bought all the D and D Citadel. I think it's Citadel, but I just bought all the D and D paint box sets. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, just because I was like, I don't know. Let's keep, let's keep the theme running. Uh, but yeah.
0: yeah, yeah I already love paints on. So that's probably I what I would do. <laughs>
2: the only wash
0: I have... I have some homemade washes. But like I said, these are for terrain, so they don't have to be as pretty, right? Um, I have a, a brown wash from Citadel in one of the pots, right? But most of the paints I use are all Vallejo dropper bottles because... There, I mean, you can probably see them on my messy desk over there. I've got some, so, yeah, yeah. But um, they're, uh, I like I was, I was showing him a second ago. There's, there are a couple of miniatures, and and you won't be able to see them very good in the light. But I also have some army painter speed paints, and what I was telling him is those tend to work better in detailed, um, on detailed uh, miniatures because they come out really muted. And um, kind of drab on. Looking for my flashlight. Um, they come out kind of drab and muted on. On on like the townspeople ones, you know. Like I bought a set of like, you know, a whole bunch for like twenty bucks. I bought like sixteen, whatever. Let's see. If you can see it, but ugh. sorry. Um, and now you can't see that very well. Um, there's. Uh, so this is. Okay, so this is Speed Paints on a smooth. Oh, nice. You can see how it's kind of drab and just... Yeah, I like
2: the Chester barrel I'll kick quick. Yeah, it's a
0: barrel. Yeah. I used a paint for the man's. But if I take that same one and I use like the regular paint, you can see how it's much more vibrant in color. Thanks. And that's yeah. from the regular Vallejo paints. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know, and I did these because they were both smooth and they were the same miniature. And I wanted to compare the paints, but the yeah it came out and these aren't detailed at all but it came out much better with the regular paint so i think that i'm going to be using my army painter speed paints for things i care about and for stuff like this it's going to be all about slapping on just the regular paints so
1: all right i got i got something i want to show all right so this is a this is a manticore i don't know how well you can see that or whatever oops ah, what? i'm going to drop yeah. it ah, I don't know. um yeah i use li- you you can't see some of the detail but i used like five different shades of brown <laughs> and orange on his mane cuz i can't and i'm and you know i did a lot on this but i'm not i'm still not super happy with it like i wanted to do more but but yeah diminishing return that's where that happened and then i and then i did a uh, a young white dragon here's here's this one i don't know if you can see how well you can see that or not uh, oh wow yeah yeah uh, right there, and I then,
0: have,
1: have. and then, and then, here's an actual little miniature person. This is this is one I painted not that long ago, probably like within the past like two weeks or whatever. I don't know how well you can see that, but Oh, that you, looks great. Like, oh, that looks really good. Well, but yeah. but you, but that's because I spend way too much time on
0: these. <laughs> you spend the, you spend the amount of time that's right for you. Like like all I... the
1: like. The like, I've got this thing's got like it's hard to see, but like the, the lines, like these are not just straight gold lines, those are like individual buttons that all line up and look like a line. And um, yes, but sometimes I drive myself insane with <laughs> how long it takes to paint. Uh, that's why I was saying I gotta, yeah. gotta figure out a way of doing this a little quicker. So, building my way up to
2: the uh, drywall oh, here,
1: that is this awesome. Is the one I'm
2: I want so much detail in this, and so I gotta practice on all my other sets first.
1: Did I, washing and highlighting is what I do. A lot of washing and I, highlighting.
2: I have some larger
0: miniatures over there that I haven't touched. You know, like an Etten, and I ordered like a custom ogre and that kind of stuff because from Etsy. Because ogres are are weirdly difficult to find miniatures of. Um, in the stores but um but yeah i've got some larger ones that i want to paint but i'm kind of like i'm I'm rearranging all of this that's why it's such a wreck and i want to i really want to get it clear first and before i do anything like a dragon i actually have an airbrush um oh that that i want to use but i haven't busted it out of the box yet because it's that's a whole new learning Uh, curve yeah it is
1: i i've been been contemplating airbrush too um so I'm really curious on how it, how well it goes. Like I'm like it. I don't know. Airbrushes don't make sense to me. Like like I. How how you there, there's no way you could use an airbrush to do to do a small mini like this. You you have to like you got to use it for something bigger like the like the dragon right. Don't yeah, not you can do it
0: for like the Xenophil highlighting of it. You know, you can do that. The airbrush. Oh, for really highlighting.
1: Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah like maybe. For the
0: the primer highlighting. You primer it and then. You know, you get like a white uh, primer or white and come down from the top. And you've got that part, that spray, which is emulating the light, you know, and you can really get those highlights in. Once again, you know, how much detail makes you happy, right? If you are really, really invested in the artistry of it, then absolutely things like that make sense. For me, you know, it's like. It's like golfing, right? Getting new clubs isn't going to make me a better golfer as much as I <laughs> Using an airbrush isn't going to make me a better painter.
1: I have I have so many unpainted minis though, and I keep yeah. I keep buying more. So
2: many. I have so many board games I've never played just so I can have more
1: miniatures that I've Dude. never painted. Dude, I've <laughs> done the same thing. I've got so many board games, and I do have Everdell, by the way. I do have it. It's downstairs. I've owned <laughs> we've we've owned it for at least two years, and we still haven't played it yet. So, wow! And, and you're and you're not the only person who's told me like in the last few months uh, it's like one of the greatest games ever. So, it's striking up my curiosity have to play it. So, yeah, uh,
2: I, uh, I bought a giant board game uh, that's supposed to take like a year to play. It. It's called Madara. I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. Never. All I've done is open the box. I haven't even unwrapped <laughs> the cards yet. I'm and fifty dollars and I'm just like, one of these days. And I've already thought about buying Acts 2 and 3, which is another $150.
1: So I'm just like, on oh, okay, okay. Madara? How do you spell that? Madara? Uh, I'll type in the chat. Madara.
0: I'll have to check that out. There's a place here in the Dallas area. Okay. It's called... Uh, madness games and comics and they have a sale between christmas and new year's and it's buy two get one free and this used to be a food line supermarket so it's a big place right and uh i think that i'm gonna pick up i i want to pick up access and allies pacific and access and allies um europe um in the sale because those are each a 100 bucks right but i gotta find because I played the old Axis and Allies. Like I found online a 1986 version wow. of Axis and Allies, and but the newer ones you can't really replicate that experience. And I don't want to lose all of that. So and I have kids. So um, so yeah, I want to pick up those other two, but I gotta figure out a third game. I'll have to check that out. Madara. It's either that or Gloomhaven. I haven't decided.
1: What oh I'm good. Play. Actually, oh. Yes. Okay, that's that's how I got that's how I got back into D and D again because uh, Amanda, my wife, wanted to get back, or she she wanted to play a board game, and I wanted to play something a little more, you know, fantasy oriented. And I started looking at Gloomhaven, and I was about ready to bust out a lot of money on Gloomhaven. I'm like, well, why am I why am I taking a half step here? Let's let's go let's go all the way. We're we're getting back into D and D. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, funny stuff, so
2: uh question is, uh ooh, I forgot the name of the game already. Did either of you play uh Dark Tower the board game? Mm-mm. I did not. I okay. did not. I was talking I to DB with a coworker and uh he's like, This is the only thing I've ever played and the, the board game itself is the DM. There's just a like now it's digital, but there's like an analog tower that would like basically rolled dice for you and it was the randomizer really the, game, the board game itself never heard about this game ever my that's entire cool. life until two months ago and now they've got a new one coming out that's fully integrated into like your phone app and all of this stuff hmm. and, uh, i'm just i'm drooling to get my hands on it yeah Even i'm looking at it
1: right now <laughs> i want it so dark tower came out in 1981 and there's a brand new one that came out called Return to Dark Tower, and and they look pretty similar. That's 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 cool. Yeah, you watch know, the
2: uh, la- later, not now, but later. I'll uh, watch the uh, the commercials for it. It's, pre- it's pretty yeah. much exactly what the gameplay is.
1: You know, I uh, you you told me about Ed Greenwood's uh, YouTube channel, and I started getting back, uh, I I got into that pretty heavy, and I got into uh, his Patreon. Um, so I'm watching a bunch of that stuff
2: yeah I'm really I I mostly play D&D for the lore I like like the storytelling which is why 5th edition is really clicking with me Uh, I do miss uh, 3rd edition character building where you know sure I'm a cleric but I want to be a cleric that also does this with like a sub uh, skill set and they're like okay we gotta get the prerequisites for that you can't just all of a sudden be like oh a cleric of such and such or like, you know, I want to be a fighter, but I also want to be in the cavalry. Okay, well, cavalry g- gives you all sorts of new skills, but, you know, you're going to have to work on learning how to do this and spending time learning how to do that. Yeah. Now you're done. I want to do this. Okay, by third level, you got it. You're done. This this is it. You can multi-class, but that's probably well, all I you
1: got. You well, know, um, you know, this upcoming year is D&D's 50th anniversary, and they are... Um, re-releasing a brand new updated player's handbook uh and they announced yeah. it. have you been following all that
2: no so is this 5.5
1: kind of yeah they're they're trying yeah. to they're trying to say that this is not going to be uh, a brand new version this is going to be uh it's, it's not going to make fifth edition obsolete it's going to be like just uh the, the best of and um Gosh, where is it? I'm going to try to find this. There's no way it was that long ago. I uh, I took a screenshot because they, they announced the new uh, player's handbook um, and then on their Facebook page they actually uh, announced the date that this was going to be released and I went to uh, comment on the Facebook post and it said uh, uh, you can't comment because this post has been deleted by the by the owner, and so I'm like, oh, why was it deleted by the owner? But I, I could still see it, so I took a a, a screenshot, and I and I got the uh, release date of when this is supposed to come out, and I'm trying to find it on my phone. Where's it at? Um, but the the yeah the release dates it's like uh, it's like coming out in May. Um, but one thing they showed, and I do like this when it comes to player uh building new players uh or characters excuse me they uh instead of having racial attributes necessarily adjust your scores you have a a background attribute so so if you like you know i don't know grew up on a farm or whatever and you're really good at you know hunting squirrels it doesn't matter what race you are your background kind of shows that and that's that's actually very uh pathfinder ish if i if i if i'm not mistaken
0: And I think you're going to have attribute scores that you, like a plus two and a plus one, you can put somewhere, um, you know, so you won't have like a half elf and a half orc. I think those are going away, um, much to the chagrin of a lot of people, but you can still have half elves and half orcs. It's just not a defined race. Um, so yeah, I mean, there are going to be some adjustments.
2: See, I like the terminology change where it wasn't going to be race anymore. It was going to be species or something like that. Right. Which is fine by me. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with, you know, if I'm an elf and that person's a human, like, I liked the fact that they had different stats because it just showed different physical abilities because they are not the same species. Right. Uh, And plus, they already have backgrounds that give you bonuses and skills and other, and sometimes even, like, a quasi perk, so mm-hmm. I don't really. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, all I've gotten is rumors about the new uh, changes, and everybody just so far doesn't like them.
1: Yeah, I heard, kind of, I've, I've actually of... I've actually heard the opposite that people are loving some of these new changes. You Here's are them. the first person I've heard say that. Well, I don't know. So yeah. so uh, the uh, the unearth arcana, they're releasing it uh, in play tests, and then they're. Uh... And then they're getting feedback, and then they're adjusting it. So I don't know. That's, that's what I've been hearing. So yeah. the, the only the only people I've been hearing that have been complaining about it, I mean, I haven't been hearing that much. Apparently, you guys have been hearing more, but it's just some YouTubers that are, uh, you know, trying to make a living off D&D commentary. We're just a bunch of uh, D&D nerds talking D&D, uh, even Maybe though.
0: Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, oh. yeah.
2: I mean, obviously, I'm reserving my own opinion until I play it because really, the rumors and things I've heard are coming from the cesspool of the internet that it is. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, I. I like.
0: No, we should. We should. I like that we're talking about this stuff. This is. Uh, this is a conversation I've been. Haven't been able to have. With a lot of people because most
1: people I know don't play D and D.
0: We should do this more often.
1: Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna do it roughly once a month. Uh, we could do, we could do more on that according to however we want to do it. I am still looking for that stupid screenshot. Did I, did I somehow delete it? Dude, I remember, I remember seeing that and I was so excited because like, I, I felt like I had forbidden knowledge. I was like, whoa, look, I, I know the exact release date because it had the exact day it was supposed to be coming out. Cause like oh, they, wow. they accidentally announced it and then they deleted just, uh, it. Just make it the video
2: thumbnail, but then uh, blur out the actual date. <laughs> there you go. For the right reasons.
1: Well, I mean, I already said it. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like it was like May 29th or something. Uh, I'm gonna have to it keep. It sounds looking. about right.
2: I think I've heard that's rumored when it's supposed to come out. Uh,
1: oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I rolled a one. <laughs> 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 so. All right. Well, good, good, good. we. We uh, we're coming to the end of this podcast. We wanted to do this for roughly an hour. I agree with you. We should keep talking about this. I've got more things I want to talk about because I, I I want to talk about Forgotten Realms versus Dragonlance because because Brady's a huge Dragonlance uh, uh, person and and Travis you and I are more into uh, uh, Forgotten Realms. I wouldn't mind talking some Greyhawk. You know we got all, all sorts of good fun stuff to talk about. So. We we had we had no problem talking for an hour, and I feel like we could probably talk for another hour, uh, but we got work in the morning. <laughs> so yeah, so, we do. All right, what any final comments, thoughts, anything about what we've already discussed tonight? I don't want to cut you guys I off. I have
0: none. I have none. No, I came in late. I apologize for that. I totally missed the right. reminder. had an appointment, so thanks for letting me join. We,
1: we no Travis I go wouldn't ahead. mind. Yeah, I was about to say I was like,
2: uh, on top of talking about you know realms opinions, uh, I wouldn't mind doing a best of worst of from all the editions in our own opinion. Oh yeah, 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 be,
1: yeah, and 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 I actually wouldn't mind maybe going over some of these uh, unearth arcana new rule changes, and we can give our opinion on things. And I've got I've got a lot of homebrew things I want to throw past you guys, like like slight tweaks on rules to make the game maybe a little more strategic or. Or a little more uh, strategy involved, um, all sorts of stuff I want to talk about. So
0: I've got a lot of ideas. I'll bring up after we close out. And bring, <laughs> bring, our, bring what what comes out of that to the next show.
1: Yeah, it'll be this. This is a lot of fun. I have no outro music yet, so maybe I'll put something in in, in the next podcast. But. We are the D and D nerds. That's what we decided to call this podcast. By the way, we're, we're the D and D nerds, or no, no, we're the dungeon nerds. That's dungeon what it nerds. is. Yeah, we yeah. are the dungeon nerds because nobody else has that name yet. Uh, from Super Nerd Podcast, I'm Austin. I'm
0: Brady. <laughs> and Travis. Sorry, we didn't, discuss word. <laughs> we didn't have an order. We should have held up our fingers.
1: Only three. <laughs> Follow us, share, uh, tell a friend about us. Uh, but from all of us at D and uh, dungeon nerds, have a good night. See you later guys. (laughs) Bye.
0: As our tales wind down and the night draws to a close. I thank you friends for sharing this time with us. Remember our taverns always here for more stories and good cheer until next time. Keep your spirits high and your curiosity alight. Farewell, and may your adventures be many. Good night, and safe travels,